What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Love That For You podcast. You've got your hosts, Pat and Jules, here. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. Is everybody in, I want to say the holiday spirit, but I, I think I want to say is everybody in a holiday spirit? Spirit. I feel like I was. Mm-hmm. You know when I was? When like you... Halloween, fall. Yeah. Like I was way more in it then than I am now. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, we've got a lot going on, but like I'm starting to feel the winter blues more than I'm feeling the holiday season, which yeah. that is unfortunate. Um, If you've been a listener, we've talked in the lot in the past a lot about like seasonal depression and i think this might be the beginning of it a little bit and it's just been significantly colder like getting darker like sunset this past week was like 423 or something and it often rains more or is more cloudy than it is in the summer which i think is like i mean it's just like rainy season is every season but the summer yeah and as we're sitting here recording this it is gray rainy and not nice outside yeah yeah so i don't know i think we will i mean uh, from the 23rd to the 26th that is like our holidays like we Mm -hmm. go home we have a thing on the 23rd we have then it's christmas eve then it's christmas then we celebrate hanukkah like it's all of that stuff around the holidays but like i want the build up and it's just been yeah a little bit i also think a thing for us about getting in the holiday spirit and i don't know if this is everybody our age like without kids it almost just kind of seems like work mm-hmm. and i think to i remember saying this last year that the holidays are stressful and you like we're traveling we have a trip coming up and then we're gonna go you know back f- back home to pennsylvania then back to new jersey then to virginia for three days then back to pennsylvania back to new jersey and then yeah and it's like we and our living arrangement, obviously, is a like we don't really decorate for Christmas because we don't or any holiday because we don't have a lot of stuff because we've never had our own place. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think all of that combined. Yeah. And I hate that feeling because I feel like a lot of things in life are like, oh, well, I'll do this when I have this and like I'll mm-hmm. feel this way when I have this. And it's like, no, like just do it now. Like stop waiting. But it's like a lot of things are just they feel harder. It feels harder to to just do it now than it does yeah. to just wait and for the right time, which, you know, is what it is. It's not anything that's like that important, but things like yeah. that, that just kind of suck. Yeah. But something no. that we've been doing, why don't you tell them what you did yesterday? Let's go. This is my new I still thing. I put this on TikTok. I need to do that. Oh. Um, so actually, I first learned about these when I lived in Washington, D.C., because this cozy little, my favorite, maybe my favorite bar in the whole world used to do it they would have these little like burners behind the bar so you couldn't see them but you could smell that they were doing like seasonal simmer pots and i remember talking to the guy there his name was jose jose and juan there like taught me what it was and um just smelled so good and then i saw a tiktok yesterday of one and i was like oh my gosh i have completely forgotten about these things i mean i I left dc and what year did I leave? D- I left, left DC in a few years ago. So I hadn't thought about these in a while. And so when I saw the TikTok, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to make one of these right now. So I went to the refrigerator and found some like, I don't know, just older fruits and stuff we had, some seasonings, like, and turned it into a simmer pot. And for those that don't know what a simmer pot is, it's essentially just like, fruits and spices and aromas in like boiling water that like releases all of the fragrant fragrance and it just makes a house smell eventually like you boil it for the smells then you turn it to a simmer Mm -hmm. is it still on right now yes and it simmers and i he came upstairs yesterday and he's like do you smell that and i was like yeah it smells like amazing it was like fall christmas all because it's like oranges cranberries cinnamon nutmeg cloves all these things and he was like, it's a simmer pot. And I, I like it because it actually smelled the entire house so quickly, felt mm-hmm. fresh. And also, it's not like a candle, so it's non-toxic for mm-hmm. any of you who care about that. I love candles, but like it's another alternative. And it just felt very homey, kind of a little bit holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
So yeah. we're going to keep doing those. We're gonna, so we did one yesterday was the first one. And I Julie was upstairs. I, I just like did it in the kitchen myself. Then I walked up and I was like, can you smell that? If She's you like, do yeah. it, tag us. Yeah. Let us know. And we then put it on our story too. And then I found like a different recipe for one today. Um, so I was like, yeah, we actually have some of this other stuff. So made another one today. And again, smells amazing. Smells amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, it is a nice alternative to a candle. And actually, the person who I saw share about it was sharing about it as like a sustainable option to yeah. candles. Yeah. Um, because it's I want all... to figure out like different scents, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you could do. Yeah. But that seems like the best. I mean, I guess they're technically doing it as like a holiday thing. Mm-hmm. But, ooh, yeah. What if you put like pine stuff in? Yeah, there? that's what I was. Yeah. Like, I think that I was know. my motivation because we had rosemary. Yeah. No. So I tried to use that, but that's not quite you like, need, like pine tree. Yeah, like pine tree. Mm. Well, get some so dirt. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Just get some mud. Really, it's not like the forest. Yeah. That's like a, one of our favorite candle scents is like the foresty smell, like the wood, stuff like that. Yeah, like drinking bourbon by a fire. Yeah, that in a smell. That yeah, if you could if you could ball that up into a candle, that would be my favorite. Yeah. Um what's what else? What else? We've um, been watching Yellowstone. We've been watching Yellowstone. Can we talk about the trip coming up too? Because in my mind they tie together and they probably in your I mean, mind don't tie together at all. Um, but we're taking this trip to the Blue Ridge Mountains in um, Virginia, and I've, I've never been there. I don't think. I well, mean, maybe I've. I think I'm, like Asheville is the Blue Ridge Mountains, oh. so it's the same mountain. Yeah, because it's like on the border of Virginia and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been it would have been amazing to go like right when fall was in peak. Yeah, but you know, I think it'll still be amazing. Yeah, but I think in another life, I probably. Maybe was a cowboy. I've always wanted to be a cowboy. <laughs> Until you watch Yellowstone and find out what being a cowboy actually yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we've been watching Yellowstone. We've got this trip coming up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm bringing a pistol and a cowboy hat. And like, Ugh. that's it. We don't even own, I don't that, own a pistol, everybody. But... <laughs> we do not own a gun. And I'm I... just going to find something. I just like, I don't know. There's something that I love about that. Yeah. Um. No, I like that. Um. I'm not I used to actually like ride horses a little bit just like camps and stuff as a kid but now I'm kind of like afraid of them and I think that's something we can do there Mm -hmm. I just don't know yeah I'm a little nervous well when we were in Montana and the horses there the the, first off the horses there like they're just they were huge and I feel like it's different a different breed of horse than like I don't know what we normally see like driving around where we live um, but it's just so beautiful, and horses are so like majestic animals. Yeah. Um, so we've got that trip. We're watching Yellowstone. I'm watching Firefly Lane. I don't know if any of you guys have been watching that. Pat's not watching with me, but the second season came out, and it's really good. So I think I only have one episode left of the second season. I don't even know what that show's about. It's so good. It's just like I can't even really explain it. It's just about like these two girls who grew up in the '70s, and like it's throughout like. One is this way and another one's the opposite. And they're just very opposite. But one ends up being like famous and hmm. and it's just like their life. Yeah. There's so much good TV out there. Yeah. And we were, um, we don't have Disney Plus. I feel like we need to get it. We feel like we need to get it because we were, we were over a friend's house and they have Disney Plus. So we watched the first episode. Oh, that's what it's on. Of Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. And just like the first episode, we were so intrigued by it, like yeah, very it really into good. it. And then we get home and we're like, well, we don't have Disney That's Plus. That's like the only one that we do not have. Because I, I thought it was just basically Disney stuff, but like now it's starting to be like regular shows that are just being promoted on Disney. Well, I think it's because like Nat Geo, National Geographic is like a Disney brand mm-hmm. and that's who I think produces right. Limitless. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much stuff to watch and- there needs is there like one thing you can just pay a dis get a discount code, <laughs> get a discount and have like all of the streaming services in one. Mm. That'd be a good I, idea. That right? would be cool. Maybe like, that would just be probably, like regular cable then. No, because they probably all add up to like I don't know. Some are ten dollars a month. Some are fifteen. So it probably adds mm-hmm. up to like a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And then if what if you could if there was something where you could just get every single one and pay like a little bit less. 
Yeah. Then that would just make sense, right? That would make sense. Yeah. All right. Somebody's got to do that for us. Yeah. Somebody create that, please. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to say something before we got into the episode. Now I forget. Hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, if you guys still haven't shopped or you still have like need last minute gifts, definitely go to Together mm-hmm. and you can get our gift guide is still up there. So there's a lot of good things to shop. Yeah. We have not done. We haven't done everything yet. Julie and I, for a few years now, have not exchanged gifts. I feel like for birthdays, maybe we do like little stuff or we try and go somewhere. But for Hanukkah and Christmas, we haven't exchanged gifts for a few years and doing the same thing again this year. Yeah. Well, we just like have others. I don't know. I part of me hates that we don't. Yeah. Because we never get each other anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but it's okay because there's just nothing we need. Like, there's yeah. nothing that I want that I'm not just gonna buy. Mm-hmm. And same with you. It's just kind of like whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think early on, maybe not early on, but in our dating years, we like made the decision not to get gifts. We're like, you know, we. I think not we were. I think we were saying, yeah, not in the beginning, we got gifts, and then we were like. Because we were spending so much money to travel to see each other because we were doing long distance. So we were like, look, rather than get each other gifts, let's just, you know, save it for the next plane ride, save it for the next train ride. So that kind of like it, it then it that so that turned it into like just super practical. Yeah. And then I think we just maybe stuck with that. And now we don't get each other gifts. Yeah. Which I'm actually happy about. I don't know. The gift part is the part of like birthdays and holidays that I just, I don't like that. And some people love that part of it. And I'm just not, yeah. Well, you can get me stuff. Okay, perfect. Okay. Okay, so we're going to get into the episode today. I feel like we missed this last month. We did. We definitely did miss this. We're doing our advice column, but I feel like we missed it. Um, I'm not sure what happened there. Mm -hmm. Maybe we were away. So we're doing it today. Because it's the first week of December, and usually we do it on the first Wednesday of every month. So let's just get into it. Let's do it. Advice for how to help your partner through a really tough time at work. It's affecting him in other aspects of life and his mental health. Hmm. You want me to answer that one? We'll both answer. I think this is where, like, a relationship, a partnership can really show its value. Uh, When somebody is going through a challenge, you know, whether that be with just something personal, with family, in this case at work. Um, you know, I think we all have the uh, like intuition to want to like talk to them about it. And I am somebody that when something is going on at first, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like I am a like I'm going to reserve myself back. I just want to sit in my own thoughts, my own whatever. Um, but what would really help me is just like being supportive, like acknowledging that something is going on. I know that's why you're maybe be like, I know something's going on. I know that's why you're being a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Um, but I made you dinner or I made something or I brought some like a little, a little act of kindness going like above and beyond. Yeah, I think it depends like how long it's been going on. Obviously, at some point, you will need to just talk about it. But if it's, you know, obviously, I think the thing is, is that the person struggling knows they're struggling and they probably know that you know as well, mm-hmm. which just makes it a little bit harder. If anything in life, if you're struggling with anything, like you're the first person who knows. Yeah. So they already know what's going on. So I guess just kind of not making them feel bad and not trying to really help right away in the beginning, like mm. you said. Yeah. But just like finding ways to support them and like just kind of be there. And then if they want to eventually talk about it, then you'll talk about it. And just being able to like listen. Yeah. Being mindful of them like having their space. And I will say you always want to talk when I'm in like a mood or something. I do this wrong. No, I'm not saying wrong. But that's how you and definitely like your family, like you guys talk through everything. And I am not that way. I'm like, I'll talk about it when I want to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 
you know, which is just like a difference in how to approach and, you know, gets the same outcome. I think anything also you can do to like help get their mind off of whatever's going on at work. You know, if it's, you know, taking them out to dinner, going to get a drink, going to work out, going to do something, just anything that you can do to help get their mind off of it. I'm struggling with imposter syndrome really strongly right now. If and when you do struggle with this, what strategies do you use to cope or get out of the funk? I kind of always forget what, and I know this happens all the time to me, but imposter syndrome, I feel like there's multiple um, definitions. You mean what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Okay. I know what it is. I don't know how to say (laughs) it. Imposter syndrome is this feeling that like, you are not worthy to do what you're trying to do or that you shouldn't be there. Like, I feel like an imposter when I... I, But I feel like there's another definition of that. Like, not feeling worthy maybe is one, but I feel like the other people always talk about imposter syndrome being like trying to do things because other people are doing them and then you like forget what you actually want to do. No? Yeah. Is that not it? I don't ever think of it in that way. But... Um, I mean, I absolutely have cases of imposter syndrome. I think when we made the decision for like leave me to leave um, my job and we were going to start the business together, I had this big, uh, overwhelming fear and call it imposter syndrome that like, I am not worthy to be a successful entrepreneur, you know, in my mind. And actually, I wrote an article about this one that was recently published that was like you know i said like in my mind uh every successful entrepreneur like they went to an ivy league school or they were super smart they were super technical like and it was everything that i'm not um so i definitely deal with that yeah i think the way i deal with it though is finding ways to remind myself like i'm here for a reason i'm in this position for a reason like I know this challenge has been presented to me because I'm capable of it. I'm worthy of it. I also feel like you listen to a lot of like, you read a lot of self-help and listen to a lot of podcasts that are kind of self-help. I don't know if you would call it self-help. Yeah. Like just motivational stuff, mm-hmm. which does help you because I feel like you always come out of those like energized and just like excited. Yeah. So that could be a good thing to kind of help. Yeah, definitely. For and this person. For me with like the business side of it, um, I think about this more and more, like everything we buy, everything we consume, everything like, I don't know, we're sitting here. I'm like looking at these micro podcast microphones in front of us. Like someday some person was like, I'm going to start a business that is podcast microphones. Right. And now they're like, well, you know, they did podcast, but yeah. Or whatever these microphones are like, I don't know. I look around the room and it's like everything in this room was somebody's idea, somebody's business. And there are so many businesses, so many things. It's like, why can't I have one? Why can't I do it? Yeah. You know, it's like, that's my reminder. I've been struggling with my relationship for months now. I love our life together so much. We have mutual friends together now, do such fun things with all of them. But I feel like that's putting more pressure on having a perfect relationship too. I feel so overwhelmed by this pressure and constantly question if I should be with him or not. I get into my head about this, so it's hard to stay present and enjoy time with him when it's just us. I love him so much, but is it normal to go through these stages of being unsure or not? I've been struggling with this for months, but never know where to look for help besides therapy. Thank you. Ooh, I have an immediate response. (laughs) You do have an immediate response? Yeah, I mean, we talk about this a lot where a lot of people get stuck in relationships based on mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a huge thing for people. And I think it's one of the hardest things when you're in a relationship. If you have, if you're in a relationship and you kind of are just questioning, you know, your relationship already, but you have like the best life with them and you have like the best friends with them, mm-hmm. that makes it so much harder to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely when the, like, you know, the, the further you, like melt your lives together and the deeper you get the harder it is to get out of and for me i think probably like because if you friends and family relationships are like the depth of you know how deep you can get and you know we've done that with uh friends family and like business like all of that um so that sounds really tough. Yeah. 
I think you're saying this person is saying I feel so overwhelmed by this pressure and constantly question if I should be with him or not. Yeah. So to me, that just kind of sounds like you already really know that you probably don't want to be with this person forever, but somehow you don't want to lose your friends in it as well. And you maybe don't want to lose this person as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's That's, really, it's really hard. The, the other thing I was thinking about as you were going through that is that there was reread the beginning of it. I've been struggling with my relationship for months now. I love our life together so much. We have mutual friends together now, do such fun things with all of them, but I feel like that's putting more pressure on having a perfect relationship. Keep going. <laughs> you want to read the whole thing? Yeah. I feel so overwhelmed by this pressure and constantly question if I should be with him or not. I get into my head about this, so it's hard to stay present, enjoy time when it's just us. I love him so much, but is it normal to go through these stages of being unsure? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was the very end I was okay. going to respond to. Perfect. The going through stages of unsure is absolutely part of the process, I think. Yeah. There's just always going to be... Yeah, because you're you're also not talking just about losing a significant other. You're talking about potentially losing friends, losing lifestyle, losing a lot. Um, and it, it made me think of... I don't know if you guys uh, follow Michelle Obama. No, I was literally just going to say that. We should read that. On Instagram. We don't need to, to read no, it exactly. No, you should read no. part of it. And um, she recently posted a picture of her with, you know, her husband, Barack Obama, and just her caption was really, really good. And I think for me, kind of like ties in here, her caption essentially was saying like, you know, a relationship like, you know, oh, it's 50 50. It's whatever. It's whatever. Some people are like, well, it's 100. It's 100. And her caption essentially was saying like, that's not true. There were times where. I wasn't, you know, giving as much or I wasn't receiving as much. And like one person is kind of carrying the relationship forward. She's kind of just saying that like throughout a marriage, at least it's some people, sometimes you're giving 20 and I'm giving 80 and sometimes I'm giving 20 and you're giving 80. Yeah. And like there's always a fluctuation of who's giving more and who needs more. Yeah. And you have to be prepared. Like she was like, if you're, if you want a marriage versus like, I forget the other term she used. Mm hmm. A marriage is so much different than, I don't know, yeah. love. I don't know, because she was just saying, like, you have to be prepared for years of change. Like, you're not marrying the same person that you're going to be with in 15 years. It's going to be somebody completely different. Yeah. You have to be committed to, like, being okay with the change and everything. And you should just go read it because it was just such a, like, oh, my gosh. And for us, because we were married. But I think it's related to your question a little bit. Yeah, it, it I think it in my mind it just related because you know the the person who wrote that in talks about kind of like the fluctuation of it and yeah. like th that's exactly what Michelle Obama is talking about and I think that's it's actually nicely worded because so much of like content or like what we hear is like oh yeah relationship is 50-50 or you know there's this thing like it's not 50-50 it's 100 it's a like right. 100 100 like, well that's never gonna happen and it's like in in practicality and reality like that's not the case like yeah. there are absolutely times when i'm giving more or i'm taking more yeah. and you know i i think that's just part of replying to the question that was asked i think the other thing for me is you know it kind of sounds like you've got one foot out the door and just making sure that you're being like true to your partner and to your friend group like if you're just dragging it on knowing you want to get out like that's probably going to hurt your partner and the friend group more yeah but if you're able to bring it up in a in an honest way like then you are in the right mm -hmm. um and you also like, I don't know, I, I could imagine a situation where, you know, you, your your relationship, you end your relationship, but you you might be gaining a new best friend in your, your partner. Yeah. In desperate need of wedding planning help. I just got engaged and have no idea where to start. We're planning a wedding for 2024, but have no idea where. Our families live across the country and have tons of options. I'm a wedding photographer, so I know how the industry works and the steps I should take, but I have no idea how to start finding a venue. It seems so overwhelming, especially since we basically can do it anywhere in the U.S. Love you guys and the podcast. Any wedding planning advice would be so helpful. Mm. Cute. It is cute. Congratulations. Congratulations, first off. 
This was a little bit easier for us in the sense of we both were from the same town. So mm-hmm. we actually were either like we're either doing a destination wedding or we're doing a wedding that is close by home because home is important to us. We ended up didn't even the, the option of a destination wedding didn't even really happen or come into our thoughts because Pat has such a big family. So we were like, we just want more people to be there versus half of them not being able to come. Yeah. Um, so for us, that was a little bit easier, but I feel like you should just think about like, what's really important to you guys. Yeah. Do you want maybe less people, but your best people for an entire weekend? Because something that I would have loved for like a destination wedding would be like, it's a weekend. It's not just one or two days. Like it's people come and people like are really like, they want to travel. So they come, you have like Wednesday night, Thursday night, wedding Friday, you know, day after set. Like it's a whole weekend. That just sounds so fun. So maybe like depending on how many people you have, that would be like I mean it sounds like your family's all over the country, but Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think um the best part of Also it is overwhelming and that's just yeah, like is what it is. It's definitely overwhelming. I think like my you know, practical advice is like pick a location get a date and then everything else kind of falls in under that like those are the two big things once you have a date and once you have the location and a date like you're good um i think it's also and this has changed recently i guess like weddings can be anything you can make it whatever you want and if you have this you know cool idea you want to do it like do it or if you're like, no, I want a super traditional, then do a super traditional wedding. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I try and find a way to enjoy it, too, because it is it'll go by fast. It is, you know, something you hopefully only do once, but maybe not. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. Just try and enjoy it. Yeah. A girl is obsessing over my boyfriend while she, too, is in a relationship and she is super sneaky and actually took actions to get closer to him. How do we react? Do we just not deal with her at all or do I confront her? I'm all about girl power, but I've never seen anything like this. This is kind of exciting. That sounds fun. It kind of does sound fun. Like, imagine, like, somebody was trying to come after me, but we were both like, whoa, like. No, 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 no. Yeah. Imagine somebody trying to come after me. (laughs) That's more realistic. What? I'm a catch, baby. I'm a catch. You're a fish. Um, <laughs> Julie and I probably have different advice on this. What would be yours? My advice would be like, if you and your, I don't know, did it say boyfriend? If you yeah. and your boyfriend are good and strong and both like aligned and like acknowledge this other person trying to get close and you're confident and trust, then like don't start anything. Just like you're good. Let it go. Ignore it. Well, I'm not saying I disagree with that, but this sounds like they were doing that and then she took actions to get close to him, like that she's taken it to another level. Yeah. Maybe she's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, if your boyfriend is like, this is not, like, this is weird and you guys are on the same page, which it sounds like you are, mm-hmm. then I guess doing nothing would honestly be the best. Yeah. Because eventually she'll just stop getting the any attention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she, and you know, if she's not getting any attention, she's just going to move on. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, or if you do need to acknowledge it, like I would it's just acknowledge like showing it up at your house. I mean, together with your boyfriend, like you don't want to DM or text or call yeah, this girl and come not. off as like the jealous girlfriend. Like you want your boyfriend there to too to be like, we're in a relationship. I'm not sure yeah. if this is what you're doing. It seems like you're getting close or trying some stuff. Like, you know, we're happy. Leave us alone. Spicy spicy sorry kind of long but my boyfriend recently switched jobs and now makes 20k more than me when we moved in together the differences in our salaries was not as large so we decided to split rent and bills 50 50 our lease is not renewed for another six months and i'm conflicted if i should bring up splitting up how much we pay things differently then we aren't married so finances are separate and he also studied and is in a field that makes more than i could so i don't want to penalize penalize him for that either what do you guys think uh, I think personally how like you split stuff should have nothing to do with how much you make. What do you mean? Like even though well, they he makes split more, everything. Evenly. Like he shouldn't have to be paying more because he makes more. Mm. If they split it, like it right? They're they're not married. 
They're splitting the place they're living. Why? Like, it shouldn't be based on income. So, okay, you're saying they nothing should change because you're already you were already splitting it 50-50. Yeah. Like everything was already split and now he's making more, so you think that means he should make you should contribute more. Okay, I kind of get that. I'm saying he shouldn't I know, contribute I know. more. I know. Yeah, I understand. I think I kind of agree. I do think that like because you already were paying 50-50, like that means that's what you're doing and because he made more, it's just a bonus and you guys can if you split stuff, you can do it use that for other things. Yeah. If you decide to move and your rent is a lot higher because now he can afford more, then yes, maybe he should pay more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, if you were going to move and you're like, "Hey, we're actually going to increase our rent, but I can't afford to the the bump," then because he got a raise or promotion or whatever, maybe he can cover that increase. Yeah. But like if everything is still the same, but he's making more money. Yeah. Like you're still able to make the the rent and the bills. Yeah. It, yeah. And it would be different if you lost your job, right? Or you lost. Or if you were money. married or whatever. Yeah. 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 I think I think that I agree with that. Planning a wedding with my fiance for 2024. He is Jewish and I am Catholic. It's exactly what we are. His family isn't practicing and my family is very Catholic. Oh, he said he is Jewish. Never mind. <clears throat> We've decided to have a non-religious ceremony, but have small traditions that we will do to make both families feel respected and happy. Uh, I just love hearing that. Okay. Since we've gotten engaged, my... What's FFL? Has Father-in-law? Me, F-I-L? It's FFL, but maybe F-I-L. Has made me the villain because I am Catholic. Mind you, I'm not forcing a Catholic wedding. He makes very cruel comments about my religion and my upbringing, and it's become so bad that I want to scratch the wedding and just run off and get eloped with my fiance. I'm struggling with the idea that family drama could be the reason I don't get the wedding of my dreams. As a married couple, what advice do you have for a worried, stressed out future bride? I want a wedding, but I do not want the drama and arguments. I'm too sensitive. That sucks. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, well, the first thing that you said, this is why I stopped because you were like, um, we have decided to have a non-religious ceremony, but have but have small traditions that we will do to make both families feel respected and happy, which this is kind of something that we did too. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like this is your wedding. And I hate that this comes up in families because it's like maybe some families are paying for the weddings, but that doesn't make it theirs, which kind of just like puts a whole just puts an argument and damper on your entire wedding because now you're doing things for your families, not for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the whole Catholic, uh, and Jewish dynamic, like that was exactly what we went through. Yeah. And I think our situation was a little different because we were actually married on our wedding day. We didn't have to, like, we weren't actually getting married that day. But also, um, so there was a little bit more like laid back, and it, it sounds like you're going about it the right way, trying to do little things that are going to help um, appease all the different parties there. Um, hopefully your fiance knows say, yeah. what you're dealing with and how you're thinking about like the added stress that his dad is putting on. Um, and hopefully your fiance is in a position where he should have that conversation with your dad or with his dad, like if, if he can't do that, then, you know, there's another problem, but that shouldn't be your, your burden to carry. I also think coming from me being Jewish and obviously you as a girl, you're dealing with your husband being Jewish, Jewish families are like super protective. And I feel like you've kind of like come to like understand that a little bit with their culture and religion. It's like, it's just like, the way that a lot of families that are Jewish are and due to whatever it is. But I think maybe just also like understanding that and, and you're dealing with a boy. Mm-hmm. So the, his parents are like, no, this is my son. Like, you know, just whatever it is. But that is something to just like keep in mind and doesn't make it better. It's just kind of like, I just feel like that is what it is a lot of times. And you have to find a balance of like what you're willing to give them Mm-hmm. versus what your fiance wants to do too i mean like yeah this is about you guys yeah i also you mentioned like bringing up the idea of eloping um while that does sound nice yeah i think you will more. resent more if you take that route if you you know elope and just get married then you 
like you said, this is your dream wedding. Like you're always going to wish you had that and you're always going to have more of a resentment towards your, your husband's family because, you know, you lost out because of their input on your wedding. Like that will make it harder for you in the long run. I yeah. think. Yeah. I hope that's helpful. I feel like I'm not sure if we gave like the best advice, but yeah, I mean, the best advice is talk to your fiance, force him to have to talk to his father. If, if it's his father and family that's adding to the stress of it. And just know that you're also not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Like you're not. You're not going to make every single person happy. But make sure that when you figure out what you're doing for your wedding that you are both happy with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me and my partner have been together for over three years now. Around the third year, we moved in together and everything has been great except for the sex. Anytime mm. I try to hint that I want some sexy time, he declines and is uninterested. We talk about it and he told me that ever since moving in, it's just been hard for him to, well, get hard. It hurt at first hearing this because I'm still sexually interested, although I see him every day, but it's been different for him. We tried some things like porn and that did the trick. But honestly, I'm not a porn person and I don't want that to be the only way we have sex. We used to be very active prior to moving in together, but now our sex life has just been pretty dead. Any tips or advice would be so appreciated. I'll leave this one up to you, Julia. <laughs> well, for us, it's more vice versa, which I think is maybe more common mm-hmm. that like the girls are just kind of like, ah, I'm too yeah. busy in my mind. Yeah. Um, why are you leaving it up to me? Just because it's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of have to like get down to the bottom of what, I don't know. For me, I, I can't say I've been in that situation where a guy has ever been like no but Mm -hmm. i've also only been with you the longest and we've lived together and we've you know we've dealt with our own like eh, whatever but yeah i think moving in together and living together and like dealing with that really does take a toll on your relationship and you trying to figure out like how to find a new groove in everything including sex and maybe it's just taking you guys a little bit longer to like adjust to living together but don't stop like talking about it. I feel like you don't want to like pressure him, obviously, but I feel like you kind of need to find the reason why yeah. it's been going on. Because I think there's a bigger reason. I kind of feel that way, but I don't know your situation. So I can't say. I just, you know. Yeah. It's normal to like not have sex for a while, but mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe this has been a long time issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think. You know, like we were saying earlier in the episode, talking about like the ebbs and flows of, you know, relationship dynamics. This is definitely one of the things that like y- you will go through the highs and lows. Sometimes, you know, sex is an everyday, all day thing. And other times it's once a year, you know, and it's just there's always going to be kind of the highs and lows of it. And I think being able to like talk about it and like acknowledge that as a couple is you know, it, it, that is a strength that you're able to show if you're able to acknowledge it as a couple. And I think, you know, you said like incorporating porn or whatever, there is a lot out there that you can incorporate to, you know, spice it up or, you know, if there's other stuff, you know, that you can incorporate. I think also if it's something that is like, you guys talk about it every day or like every time you guys yeah. get into bed, you're like, hey, honey, now. I'm kind of ready for some sexy time. And he's like, well, that's kind of a turn off. And then then you're frustrated and he's like, you know, knows probably that he's not giving you what you want. Um, Is that and the way for it not to be a thing is like you've got to find a way to get what you want by mm-hmm. yourself, probably like, you know, I know like, you know. If you're going to bed every night and saying like, hey, honey, I want some sexy time, you know, maybe before getting into bed, going into, yeah, okay, you know, whatever, go get it yourself, (laughs) go get in bed, then it's not a pressure thing, right? And then it's like, okay, now we can just lay and watch movies. No, but that's not fixing the issue. It's not fixing the issue, but it's going to eliminate some of the pressure that I know the guy is feeling. And yeah, yeah, you just kind of don't ask, don't think about it give the time to be like there's no pressure let's just take some time off with this if it's something you're always talking about it and there's literally no solution to it it's like we're just talking about it and making it worse so but at some point you will need to have a solution or the relationship is not going to work of course and 
like they incorporated porn that helped provide a solution yes. and then you mend it, you try it and you know, that there are different things I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. We got a good one. I work for a progressive company with outstanding values. We give back to the community, planet, and our employees at great measure. An amazing workplace overall and recognized brand that I respect. One thing, I hate my boss. My boss is near impossible to follow in meetings, cuts others off, and starts combos that do not pertain to what the meeting is about. Very obviously looks down at phone often and just generally doesn't listen. I'm also fine with cussing. I cuss myself mostly outside of the workplace, but he, she swears constantly and it's hard for me to respect professionally. My boss said in a meeting with me, that's fucking R word. I was shocked. I hate that time is wasted in meetings and some ways I feel responsible for some of the actions when meeting with outside teams who don't know him or her almost because I think I'm embarrassed by their actions. Thoughts, advice. I've been at this job a year, interned previously with amazing leadership have great metrics and accolades but i'm 28 need a true leader at work who respects my time and is respectable human good luck gotta leave yeah no i don't i don't think you have to leave and not knowing like the size and dynamics of the company like you know yeah your boss saying what was quoted there like that's obviously way inappropriate like if you're able to take that to hr like go exactly what you just wrote to us go have that exact conversation with how, hr and like yeah how uncomfortable you are too like you love this company it sounds like you love your job like you're mm-hmm. doing a great job but like you're so distracted which yeah. is just like yeah and i think the the fear and hesitation is that like you say something and then the boss which i guess they're not allowed to say who said like how does that mm-hmm. work you know then the boss yeah. is like now you guys have a weird relationship and things are weird and you don't feel comfortable even more i don't know i've never yeah had that situation but yeah i mean it it would or you know who knows you go talk to hr and they're like you know we're aware of the problem we're we're helping figure that out like there there might be something or they might say look we don't want you to leave can we find another job with a different leader you know like like they might find ways for it to still work you obviously don't want to feel like you're wasting your time and if that's the only case with that boss and that team that project that whatever like, yeah, you, you might have to move on. And, you know, everything you led with there, talking about all the great things that your company does, a lot of companies do a lot of great things. So, you know, don't don't sacrifice your time and kind of your, the leader you're looking for just because the company does good. There's a lot of companies out there that do good that you can find. I think it sucks that you feel responsible for some of the actions because like now she's meeting with other people and has to be like this is my boss and like they don't know him yeah and then she's like embarrassed that is the worst part oh that's a terrible feeling yeah okay let's just do a few more okay my job is a place where there is no room for me to grow i could progress but i really don't want to be a store manager for the rest of my life however i have no clue what i'd do otherwise lots of self-doubting Self-doubt preventing me from figuring out what I would be good at. I have a psych major. How would you guys attempt to look for jobs, know when to leave a current job, a current retail job? Mm -hmm. Knowing when to leave sounds like it's about time. I feel like one thing we talk about on here is like you don't have to have the answer before you leave if you're obviously able to like live your life for a little bit. But I feel like leaving something always opens doors to the next thing. Sometimes we feel like we have to have the next thing ready and lined up before we leave. But a lot of times I feel like leaving just it opens up your mind because you're more ready and it'll just kind of come. Yeah. Yeah. I think while you're you know, you have a job right now that's paying the bills, whatever, like if you're able to use some of your free time to seek out other jobs, other careers, other things you're passionate about or interested in, like definitely do that. Um I also, this is a conversation I was recently having with somebody, um, and this somebody is one of my siblings, he's a police officer, and every time I have these conversations about work, he's kind of said like, "Ah, I wish I could get another job, or I wish I had something else, or I wish I got a, a new job five years ago, something outside of like the police force, and I always try and like say to him like, if you're a hardworking person who is like willing to learn new skills and willing to, you know, like take on new challenges, like there's always going to be more work. There's always going to be a job for you. People and always also think that they're too beyond 
looking or they're too old or they're past the stage of their life when it's like you're in your 30s or whatever, you know? Yeah, however old. And if you kind of take that mindset of like, yeah, if I work hard and I can learn a skill, then you can do anything, right? It's not... It's not so much based on like your previous experience. It's about, you know, what can you grow into? Um, And it's like there is some fear and doubt in that and like taking the leap of, you know, trying something new. But I generally find that when I try something new, like something positive comes out of it. So. Okay. I think I have one or two more. Okay. Um, We can end on this one. All right. My boyfriend and I are not on the same page with religion. He's Christian and I am not religious. We share the same values and have never clashed on big topics, but a small part of me is scared that later down the road this could become an issue. I feel that religion can be a big piece of someone, and I'm guessing it would be great to share it with your partner. I'm not anti-religion. I just recognize how harmful and hateful it can be. I know you both identify with different religions. How has this affected your relationship? Down the road, will my partner wish he was with someone that shared his same faith? How do I not feel insecure and worried about this? For context, I'm 23 and he's 25. We've been together for two years. I love the podcast. Thank you. We love you. Yeah. Oh, why does everybody write in to us about religious questions? I guess maybe because we're... I think people know because we have different... I mean... Yeah. And... I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it, but like you come from more of a religious family than I do. Yeah. Um, And it's something that we've talked about. And before we got engaged, we've had conversations of, I think the last time we had a conversation about this was before we were married, about like mm-hmm. what we, how we'd raise our kids. Because yeah. that's kind of really the only thing that we like would need to still figure out in terms of that. Um. But for both of us, we were just like, we don't want, we've had, we had conversations about it. We were like, we don't want this to be a deal breaker for us. Like we love each other too much to let this affect us. And for some people that is, they're only seeking out somebody who is in the same religion. So I feel like from the beginning, if you're not seeking out that specifically, it can't be, it can't be a deal breaker and that important unless you're like, no, I only want to marry a Christian. Mm -hmm. Then you're going on the christian dating website yeah right yeah yeah i mean just based on the fact of how many like the sheer number of you know things that people write in and how much we've talked about it definitely like religious faith dynamics can play a huge part in relationship dynamics and i think it gets especially more challenging when you start like you know thinking about men melting families together bringing families together and you know, the different things my family does, the different thing your family does, like all all of that together. And then, yeah, definitely the desire to pass on uh, that to future generations, to our kids and, you know, knowing what our parents want or don't want. I think it's also something like being aware that that's the case. Like you've got to think and talk about that now. Um so like having conversations about that and, you know, really understanding where your partner's at. Yeah. But knowing that that's going to always be something that you have to be prepared for. That's always going to be something. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, the next thing for us when we have kids, like we still don't know what we're going to do. And yeah. it's it's something, though, that we've because we've talked enough about it. I don't think we're really worried about it because we're like, well, we've gotten through everything before and. Yes, kids are going to add a whole new dynamic and more stress and pressure, but we feel good we'll be able to get through that as well together. Yeah. Um, did it say how this even came up? She's just like concerned about it. Yeah, I think it said she's just concerned about yeah, it. Yeah, I think um, definitely just talking to him about it because I was too and so were you. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know you come from like a religious family. Like I know this is super important to you and like this is important to me. And then – for us, it was just like, well, our, we just love each other and like we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And that might be the case for you. You guys will yeah. just kind of be like, I, this. we don't have to worry about this. Yeah. And I think when we talked about it, it was like, oh, I know this is super important to you. Like, what do you mean? What is important to me? And that was when like Julia and I realized that I would say more of like her Jewish uh, Jewishness <laughs> is more about like holiday and tradition and that culture culture where for me it was more about 
like the faith and the beliefs and the hope and like that. So then it was like, which allowed us to be like, how can we put this together? Yeah. And then we're like, okay, well, we can see how those two things can actually go together. Yeah. Because we can still do all of the holiday tradition and intertwine some of the faith and beliefs in why we celebrate this holiday or what we do or what all of that is. And I think it wasn't just like, oh, I'm Catholic, you're Jewish. That doesn't, okay, we're done. It's yeah. like, no, what is important about being Jewish to you? What is important to me about being Catholic? And I remember one time we were like having a little bit, not an argument, but I think we were, we did long distance, obviously, and we were texting about this because we were both feeling like, I don't know, doubtful and kind of like sad about the situation that we had talked about. And I remember getting a text from you and it was a link to an article of how to raise interfaith children. And I remember just being like, oh, my gosh, like that just made me feel so good that it was something that you were willing to like go and like figure out. And and we didn't figure anything out from there. But like because you sent me that text, I remember being like, "Okay, we're going to this is going to be fine. Like we don't have to worry. Like we're going to figure it out. So, yeah, it's definitely something that can be worked on and figured out. There's so many interfaith relationships. And you have to take out out your your parents. Yeah, you, you have, have to. to be able to get yeah, your parents pressure out of there yeah. and not by like, disappointing them, but just well, it has I've been to disappointing be. my parents for decades. It's the name <laughs> you of the game. Not. Okay. Um thank you guys for sending in and trusting us. I hope that we were able to give you some insight just through things that we've been through or whatever. We love just talking, obviously. That's why we do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um so we appreciate it. Um go follow our podcast. I love that for you pod follow together follow us whatever you have to do share this podcast with anybody and if you want to leave us a review that would be super helpful um i don't know what next week is but we will see you guys then see you guys